everyone. Welcome to episode 114 of the Dorksman Podcast. I'm Collector Clint. I'm Angry Nate. <laughs> Are you? You've changed. You're taller and in a different location. You became a U.S. citizen. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Congrats to me. Yes. Go and buy a burger and get high cholesterol to celebrate being an American now. <laughs> yeah, because you can't do that in Canada. <laughs> Just remember the healthcare is not free anymore or covered in other ways. Regardless, welcome to the show. Like I said, episode 114. Um, let's do some quick housekeeping and then we'll dive into some fun. So as you can tell, it's only two of us today. Nate is, or the other guy, as I'm going to say. I don't know if it's Nate or Joey or whoever, whoever's in whatever body. Somebody's missing. Yeah. It just wasn't filling up to it. I get it. It is that season. Um, it's not COVID. Don't worry. He's not that sick. He's just... It's spooky season. It is spooky. He's probably hungover, if you're being honest. But, you know, whatever. He's come down with pumpkin spice-itis. <laughs> That's right. The only remedy is more pumpkin spice. I don't know. <laughs> more cowbell! That's right. Anyway, so it'll just be two of us today. But uh, housekeeping. So follow us at the underscore dorksman on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I'm sure there's more. Uh, T-Public. MySpace. My, you know what? We should make a MySpace. If we, I don't even know if you still can because I know there's bands on it and stuff. I don't know how it's being used anymore. But anyway, we should just go out there and do it. But oh, anyway. my gosh. I felt so old the other day. So yeah. we were – there's a kid in one of my classes named Blake. So I called him Balake. And, like, one <laughs> kid started laughing and everybody else is like, why are you laughing? I'm like, oh, it's from an old Kean – Key and Peele skit, and they're like, what? And I'm like, you know, the A.A. Ron skit, and they're like, oh, yeah, like off of TikTok. I'm oh. like, TikTok, what? And they're like, you know, it's like Musical.ly. And I'm like, Musical.ly what? And they're like, no, 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 the app Musical.ly. I mean, I was like, oh, you mean like Vine? And they're like, are we going back to MySpace? I'm like, oh, my God, I just got really old feeling all of a sudden. I'm going to walk away from this conversation. Smart. Friendster at its finest, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Napster um, what? Wow, right. I know. What, what's what, an Escape 2.0 over here? <laughs> anyway, um, so anyway, at the underscore dorksman, wherever we're at, we, do, we are part of Cross the Stream Media, which is a fantastic collaboration between many, many podcasts doing many, many great things. Um, and there's something for everybody there. So, you know, check out Three Bears and a Mic or the Burn Appetit podcast. You can check out uh, Bearing Ain't Easy. You can check out Charles Bronson and Burt Reynolds. You can check out um, Dan Aykroyd. There's a there's a bunch, and they're adding to it. T- oh, um, Front Row Negative is actually doing a really cool contest with scary movies right now. So I don't know. I hope it might be closed by the time this is released, but they're doing like bracket for the best scary movie. And I don't know how they're going to work it in, but that's a pretty cool concept, and I like the I like the idea. So shout out to Aaron and the guys for that one. I think Willy Wonka's going to win. That would make well, dude. Those just are, the boat tunnel scene alone is just right. like more terrifying than any other scary movie that's ever come out. I'm not gonna lie to you, getting stuck <laughs> in a tube is very scary. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I, I I definitely anyway check that out. Uh, you can either access our bingo card there or at podcast bingo. Oh, gosh, I actually don't know the address because I always go through the uh, what's it called through the uh, cross the streams media. But is it podcast bingo dot com? I don't know dot net dot org. <laughs> dot hurry up anyway podcast.bingo.edu you know what you know what we're gonna do go through our normal <laughs> go to cross the strings media you can access a bingo card there brought to you by andrew and the brothers newland who are also part of cross the streams media and play bingo along we'll ring a bell to help you out because uh we haven't been doing much of that lately but i'm sure uh the time is coming so check that out um i think that's it for housekeeping right anything else I can't think of anything. All right. Well, then we'll uh, we'll dive into Ask the Dorksman. So, guys, again, guys, on social media, hashtag Ask the Dorksman. Please keep the questions coming. You can also send us a voicemail, and we know we have a couple in the queue, on across the streams media page. Uh, hearing them, we'll play them on air, answer them on air. So feel free to use that avenue as well. But everything from here is coming from Twitter today. We're going to start out with our friend Eva. Hashtag Eva is the best. Eva is the best. Uh, at Evalicious25 on Twitter. She asks, would you rather be without TV service or internet service? And I, let me let me preface that when I read this, you can't do the whole cheat method that you're watching TV on the internet. But that's all the TV I watch. Like, it's either that or my little satellite antenna thing that I, I have I, I, I understand, <laughs> but the, I, my thought was, if there's no TV service, there's no TV shows. So therefore, there's no TV to watch. So can we say that First, in some miracle world that I could still get Netflix and stuff if I picked not to have the internet. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so what, I, the way I would see that then is that Netflix would be a network versus a streaming service. Okay. So then I would rather 
be without internet. Like I can I can occupy occupy myself for a long time just binging TV shows and movies and all that kind of stuff. I eventually get tired of the internet. Like I can only stay so many hours on Reddit before <laughs> I'm bored. Fair. So I would definitely go with give up the internet again with the caveat that I can right. still watch Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all that kind of stuff. Okay, on so my what? TV. What if you couldn't? What if hypothetically you were, and this is again, this is just for fun, a hypothetical question. What if you couldn't have that? What if you basically had, you know, network television, cable television, and that was it? Oh, uh, then I would give that up and I would just take the you, internet. So, okay, okay. So, you would, so the streaming services are the factor. Yes, for okay. sure. Just wanted to make sure I understood. I don't really have regular cable anymore. I mean, like well, I said, I can catch like five or six channels on my HD antenna. Yeah. That's mainly and, for sporting events. That's Right, it. right. But I mean, I mean, hell, Hulu does a lot of sports anymore. So, I mean, you can watch it on there too. Okay, fair enough. Good answer. Um, mine's actually the exact opposite. I would say internet. And the reason I say that is I feel like I, and this is past, present, and probably future. I feel like I spent too much time in front of the, the you know, they call it the idiot box. Um, and I would like to spend that time reading learning a new skill, interacting with my family, you know, something on like that. Reading on well, the internet. Reading on the internet, learning well, a new skill on the internet, interacting with my family But I would be. But I would be because I feel like I'm not on there enough. Like, I, I'm on there a lot as it is, and you're absolutely right. Um, but, like, I just feel like without TV, I'd be more motivated to do some of the things I keep talking about doing versus oh, I'm tired, I'm just going to turn on the TV kind of thing. It's all, again, a hypothetical situation, but that's my answer to that question. Eva? That was a great question. Thank you. We want to know your answer, too, so don't hesitate to answer, and I'll respond to your tweet here a little later. Thank you for that. Second question comes from Simshu. Mandy, always a pleasure to have you asking questions. She asks, which is better, buttercream, whipped frosting, or fondant? Like, who likes eating fondant? Like, if you say that as your answer, I'm leaving. Like, I'm just going to be out. It's going to be a one-man podcast with just you again. (laughs) Well, I'll leave, too, because I don't like fondant, either. (laughs) I mean, I imagine somebody does because I mean, it is just sugar. But no, whipped, whipped icing is definitely my favorite. Is it really? Yes, it's it's so I, I love it though. It's just two of us yet we're having very contracting an, uh, answers. I'm all about the buttercream, and it's funny. It reminds me when Ava was you know when Ava had her first birthday, they do the smash cake. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually I think did three different ones <laughs> <laughs> because we did one for a photo shoot, one with um, uh, my wife's parents, and then one we had a party. And um, the first two had frosting on it, and she just like she's like uh, she got over it real quick. Like she's like nothing. But the third one we went to nothing bunt cakes, and you know how they just don't. Oh, the I love they nothing have? bunt cakes. Oh yes, totally. But you know how the frosting they have on it is just the um, the cream cheese. Yes, barely on it. She loved that, and that's kind of like you get that from your dad because I'm not just like I like the cake. But I don't like. I'm not a huge fan of the frosting. I'd oh, I have. love whipped frosting. Oh, that's See? the best. I love I'm a big whipped cream fan. I'm. I love that we're on completely ends, of, different ends of the spectrum here. So I'm. Uh, I'm okay with that for the sake of the answer. So, Mandy, I guess you got to be the tiebreaker. Let us know what you think. I. Uh, yeah. Now, now I want some sugary, but I did have a pancake for breakfast, so I can't complain too much. Our closest nothing bunt cake is like an hour Ooh. and a half almost away. So it's like whenever we're out in that that area doing anything, it's like I've got to stop and get one. Sometimes two. <laughs> sure, sure. No, I, I, I get that. So, um, all right. Well, very good. I, I, since there's only two of us, I thought it might be fun to ask one more question just because uh, we went through them a little quicker. Just again, because we don't have another person answering. Uh, this one comes from Austin underscore underscore Keel, our friend Austin on Twitter. Thank you, Austin. Also can catch him at the Funko Hunko on Instagram. He asks, Halloween haunted houses, yes or no? And then he added that in, fun fact, I was actually a scare actor in one during my early high school years. So much fun. I'm assuming that means he likes them. <laughs> yes. So it's it's uh, odd timing that you asked that because we just had this discussion, me and my wife and my daughter, yesterday because she was talking about some friends of hers who were wanting to go to one of the haunted houses up here. And my wife was like, I, I usually chicken out when I go. And I haven't been to a bunch, but the few I've gone to, I actually enjoy. There's one... I know it's got like a actual name or title to it. It's it's um, at City Park down in New Orleans, and I can't think of the name of it now. I'd have to Google it later. Um, but a lot of haunted houses, to me, at least, and, and again, this is me personally, mm-hmm. depends on how the people you are with react. Because to me, if the people I'm with kind of like 
are like you and like laughing and joking and oh I got scared and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. But if you go with people that amp up the anxiety, like they do, you know what I'm talking about? Like you go with people that purposefully make you more anxious than you already are. And it's like, they're like contributing to what is already taking place within the haunted house. I'm not, I'm not for that. Like just be with me, grab it onto me, screaming your head off and all that kind of stuff with me. And I'm, I'm good. But if you just start trying to scare me on purpose, when other people are out there trying to do that, getting, <laughs> getting the best of me, I'm not, I'm not for all that. Let's, let's do a hypothetical. I, I, people, I 100% agree. Make, make a huge difference. Let's do a hypothetical for some stupid reason. You're going by yourself. Nope. No, nope. Really? No. Mm-mm. Okay. No, no, not a, no, not a chance. Like no. I got to have somebody to grab onto and and just clutch and yell in their ear as I'm being chased with a chainsaw or something. I'm not all for going by myself. Mm-mm. Forget Inter- that. Okay. All right. Um, first of all, you're you're, you're I 100 agree. I mean, people make the difference, and it's so much fun to go with a group of people that's actually into it. Uh, one way or another, uh, yeah. Somebody else standing your anxiety or trying trying to aid the people who are actually paid to yes. work there is is not a good deal. But people who just want to go there have fun. So I mean, even if you're not even scared, but you're just enjoy. Like I've gone to a haunted house before. In fact, I think the last time I've gone, which was before I was married, that's how long ago it was. Um, it was fun just to be in there, and then like I actually, <laughs> it's like going to a movie and seeing like enjoying the sound or the scenery or whatever. That's how it was for the haunted house. I'm like, oh, that's a neat idea. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. You know, but I'm not, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, that was dumb. It was, it was more of the opposite. Oh, I like how they did that. And oh, that's fun kind of thing. More of the scary thing. And, and don't get me wrong. I've jumped. I've, I've been, they freaked me out, but it's not, it doesn't scare me necessarily. So I would probably ended up going by myself for that reason. But as I mentioned, it's not something I do a lot of. Um, they've gotten really expensive. It's have funny. you ever done one at like somebody's actual house? I never as opposed have. to like a like a big production one. I don't think so. I haven't either, but I've got a cousin who her and her husband before COVID had gotten really into it. Like they had started building one uh, for their neighborhood um, to come through and, and check out, and he was all into it and stuff. And then of course, kind of COVID changed sure. uh, some of that stuff or whatever. But I always thought that would be neat to go to somebody's house one because you know it's like all all bets are off if you're going to somebody's house one because you never know what's gonna <laughs> no right what's gonna be coming at you if it's not one that's like oh we could be sued if something goes wrong it's more like hey you know this is my house my rules i'm gonna do whatever the crap i want right you agree to the waiver when you come yeah. in right um I, yeah i always worry about that because i mean like when you go to a regular chain ha- or regular haunted house all the chainsaws with all obviously the chain out of it just right. to make the noise yeah, I don't know if I trust somebody's house to do that, <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, but I, I was thinking of, what is it, uh, Modern Family. I think they used to do the whole haunted house, and it's like they put – people go crazy. Like, And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but people do go crazy on putting the decorations or, in this case, mm-hmm. the haunted house together. Like, I don't want to think of how much – not only money you spent, but how much time you put in because it's crazy. And it's funny. I think as I've, I've – the last couple of years, as Ava's gotten older and I've, I've been with her – I've enjoyed it more because she likes Halloween a lot. And you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. We have a whole podcast coming up on Halloween. We'll talk yeah. about that then. But all right. So interesting about the haunted houses. I will say anybody that works at good for you. I'm sure that can be a thankless job at times. I'm sure you can get smacked. I'm sure you can get yelled oh, I'm at. Sure. Um, I appreciate you doing that. And I mean, you know, people like it. That's why they're all over the place. And, and, and I know I complained a minute ago about how expensive they are, but they've started putting so much into it. That I know they're you know they're probably making a little money, but you know they got to put they got to pay for that. They got to pay for people. They got to pay for the art. They got to pay for the space, etc. So anyway, you know, good for them. If you enjoy it, I hope you have a great time. I don't know if we'll go this year, but if you do, have an awesome time. So there you go. Thank you for the questions, Austin, Mandy, and Eva. We really appreciate it. Keep them coming. Hashtag Ask the Dorksman. So we are about fifteen minutes in, and we are going to get to our main topic today, um, which is the movie. Venom, let there be let carnage. There be carnage. Um, yes. So uh, anybody who hasn't, so I guess we need to preface this a little bit. This is three years after the first one. Is that right? I think, I think it's been so. three years. So I'll look been, it up real quick. Okay, we look it up. But I think it's been three years since the first one. And uh, the first one is about just anybody yes. who reads the. The con- there's there's no Spider-Man interaction in this, okay? It's, this is completely separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which you've heard us talk at length about. 
but it's still an interesting concept. And so in the first one, basically, I think it's a number, if I remember right, number of symbiotes, aliens, come from wherever, land and, and infect humans, and then all of them except two get, get you know, end up dying. Uh, Venom's one, then he lands somewhere else, and that's where he meets Eddie Brock, who is from the Peter Parker universe. And the other one lands, and they capture it, and it causes problems, and blah, 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 and they fight, and that's the end. So, um, this one was the more infamous Carnage. So, as I understand in the comic books, and Joe, you might may or may not know this, um, Venom kind of comes down and becomes an enemy of Peter Parker. Well, then, somehow, Carnage is some symbiote of Spider-Man and Venom, and then they have to basically team up to defeat Carnage, is the way I understand it. In the comic That's possible. Books. Okay. Uh, right. uh, you know, we, we know from previous podcasts, I'm not like a huge actual comic book right. fan. I'm more of a, you know, just the other form of media, whether it be TV or, or movie of comic book heroes, I guess, is the way to say it. But still, uh, the, yeah, the lore, I think, it's at least something like that. Like, Spider-Man's evolved, basically. I love the, just as a side note, since you're talking about the first movie, I love yeah. the the fan theory that it's connected to the movie Life and the ending of that movie. Do you know? Have you heard that fan theory and before? A, and there's a movie just called just called Life. Yeah, it was uh, a space movie uh, about this team of like astronauts that there's like a, a symbiote. I guess <laughs> I don't know else what you want to call it. Um, mm. Like this ooze type creature that gets loose. And I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I saw that movie. But like at the end, they they there is a crew that escapes and they think they've killed it. Um, but it actually escapes on the escape pod with it. And it kind of has the same basic look and feel and reaction as uh, the Venom um, symbiote. So that's that's a lot of fan theory. Like I said, I don't think there's ever been anything to support it. But it's it's just kind of the neat little... You know, some of these fan theories make make other movies more, more interesting than they already were. Um, but yeah, I love that part of it. But we should probably also preface that we're about to get into full spoiler mode here absolutely. on the second movie, and especially that mid credit scene. So if you have not gone to see Venom, Let There Be Carnage, you definitely need to pause and then come back and check with us again once you have seen it. Okay, now I'm recalling what life was with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gyllenhaal, I already say his last Maggie's name. Maggie's brother. Yeah, there you go. Maybe I'll just call it that. Okay, very good. That'd be cool. I mean, I know there's, like you said, no relation, but... Um, still in the idea, so I'm looking up Venom, let there be carnage right now. So, yes, Joey, thank you for prefacing that this is going to be spoiler-filled, as I, I, I don't know how we'd avoid spoilers while we're talking about the movie, to be completely honest. So, yeah, pause, come back, whatever. So, um, in the second one, and I'm, I'm you know, kind of just going to talk through it and see how it goes, uh, we're back with Eddie Brock and Venom teaming up to, to be themselves, and we see that Eddie Brock's basically hit rock bottom but for some reason which i never understood um cassidy cletus cassidy this serial killer wants to talk to him did you understand that whole part well there's there's something in at the end of the first one i'm trying to think there's like a a mid or a post credit scene Mm -hmm. uh in the other one with that and i'm i'm trying to remember i know Obviously, Eddie's a newspaper reporter, so that could be what pulls him in as far as wanting to get just, you know, an interview with with somebody um, as far as that's concerned. Um, I guess he just went to go see him, and I guess maybe he just wanted him back because I know in that uh, mid or post credit scene in the first one, he's going to interview him just kind of as a reporter. So maybe he just wanted that guy again. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, and I, I I do not remember either. So it's uh, and I know they even mentioned in this movie that he had a TV show. I totally didn't remember that. So uh, basically, if you want to see this and want to see the first one, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that. I kind of wanted to, but it wasn't for you know on any streaming service for included. I should say it was an additional rental, which I wasn't interested in seeing. So um, anyway, if you want to see, it, I don't think you have to see the first one necessarily, but it definitely couldn't hurt. Anyway, um, so what ends up happening is he ends up. Um, going and interviewing him, and the interview takes like three seconds. It's it's nothing. It's he wants him to say some poem to get um, a message out to his girlfriend, basically. But upon leaving, they can see inside his jail cell, and you learn Venom has a basically a photographic memory. 
they do some investigating. They find out where some dead bodies are captured so that then they can arrest him and, or not arrest him, but put the death sentence on him. So, uh, what happens then is, uh, Cletus Cassidy wants to talk to, uh, Brock again and ends up biting him, um, because he's crazy. And, uh, and upon biting him, he gets his blood in his mouth. He says, that doesn't taste like blood as you've probably seen like on the preview. And then he ends up eating it. And that in theory is what brings out carnage when it's mixed with the poison from the lethal injection, mm-hmm. which, uh, I, okay, I guess, um, Weird. This was a very interesting role for Woody Harrelson, I will say. Uh, you I know, he played it well, though. I, I well, see that. I I think Tom Hardy is actually one of the best actors in Hollywood. I really do. And it's such an just like for and Woody's not bad either. So the fact that both these guys played these characters, which I almost think are below them in a sense, was interesting. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think they did it as well as they could. I'm not arguing that. I, I think the only well developed characters in that movie were. Uh, Cassidy and Brock. Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, 100%. Michelle Williams is in there, and she does a great job with what she's got, but mm-hmm. it's not a lot. And then the whole connection between Shriek and the police officer Mulligan, uh, or is it Milligan? I'm trying to remember now. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that connection between the two of them and, you know, how... You know, he lost his hearing and how she, you know, had that eye injury because of their um, previous run in with each other when she was being transported. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't think that was as well developed. But look, the movie Agreed. was short. The movie it was, was only an hour and a half. And that's true. I, I actually think um, it's, it is Mulligan, Detective Mulligan. Yes, I, I, actually, think, <laughs> I actually think if it would have been any longer, it would have been too long. Because it, it's not it's not a Marvel movie. I understand it's part of the Marvel comic book universe. And it's mm. like in a, Sony in association with Marvel or however they phrase that's how they, that. That's exactly how they phrase uh, it. But it, def, it, it definitely wasn't up to the quality of that. Uh, you and I had talked earlier and you made the reference to some of the later Fox Mm-hmm. Um, superhero movies that being along those lines and it felt a lot like some of those later Batman movies uh, from the 80s and 90s like really campy um, feeling but it wasn't bad it was a fun ride it was just there was a lot left on the table that I think they could have developed like they made one passing comment about Shriek being a mutant it's like what did you just say the M word like like you just said mutant and so there was like a mm. lot there that you know I think that they could have unpacked and, and they didn't um, I like that they touched on a little bit on the relationship between uh, Brock and Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually probably one of my favorite parts of the movie was their kind of struggle to be a symbiotic relationship uh, between each other when they had two very different goals in mind of what they wanted to do with their new fo- newfound combined entity i don't know how you want to say that um but obviously venom wanted to go out and besides eating people he also wanted to go stop crime and stuff like that so not really painted as the the villain or the evildoer outside of the fact that he wanted to eat people um that he normally is in in other media including the spider-man movie that he appeared in before portrayed by Topher grace (laughs) worst Um, casting yes um but I, i did enjoy when they did have that kind of butting of heads literally and figuratively sometimes Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the part that i liked the most and i did like the humor that venom brought to it in different scenes especially when he was kind of taking over other people's bodies and hopping from person to person and going out to the clubs and that kind of stuff i found i found that interesting and i wish there would have been a little bit more of that because it, it seemed like a very uh contrasting movie like you had like that light humor that you would get Mm -hmm. And then it was like, okay, then you get this dark stuff with Carnage. And you could tell if it would have been an R-rated movie, they would have gone way over the top with some of the murders that he committed, especially as he was breaking out of jail. I'm actually surprised this wasn't R. I I thought it was. I thought thought it was, was too. I thought it was, too. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, it's only PG-13. I only thought that, and I'll share a quick story with you, because in our our theater was packed. I went and saw it this morning, which is Sunday. And and the late, you know, once, I think the movie, the previews that started, this family comes in next to me. Literally sitting next to me is probably like a six-year-old, which I'm like, (laughs) that's not even the worst part. They brought a freaking baby. Nice. And it kept crying the whole movie. I'm like, get it outside. What is wrong with you people? It drove me out. I mean, it just took away from the movie. Maybe I liked it more if that didn't happen. I don't know. But I'm, I'm like, you're, you, you have a one-year-old who keeps crying and you keep bringing it into the theater. What's wrong with you? Take it to go see the Adams Family too. 
Take it home. Yes, even better. <laughs> and one-year-olds should not be in a movie. I, I'm sorry. No. And I'm, I'm actually, the six-year-old got scared a couple times, I could tell. And I'm like, yeah, I, I was yeah, too. it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, and that, the reason, it's funny you mentioned that, because I, I didn't love how they did that. And I don't know how they would have done it better. Don't get me wrong. There's a reason I'm not in Hollywood. But the whole reason they had Venom leave was to show that the, the symbiote and the host have to be compatible. And the only reason they did that was because that was in the end how they got how they defeated Carnage. I think they also did it to show that they needed each other more so than it needing each other for a symbiotic relationship. You I mean for think, like a, a, a men, emotional or, or yes, physical Yes, they, they both needed each other. Like I thought it was it was actually quite a powerful scene the one where Eddie's um, after he meets with um, his ex-girlfriend Michelle's character I can't think right, of the name right now right um, but when he was leaving that dinner where she told him that she had been engaged to Dr. Dan mm-hmm. uh, and he was heading down the highway basically suicidal um, right. trying to kill himself going down the highway and Venom wouldn't let him um, and telling him that he was going to be there for him through all that I thought that was very That's a good point. Very good for the type of movie that we were seeing. Like, I wish there would have been some more of that mm-hmm. uh, in it as well, uh, as opposed to... And again, I think they were trying to do a whole lot in just a, an hour and a half. Right. I mean, most Marvel movies now are, are two hours plus, plus heading yeah. into two and a half, you right. know, let alone talking about Endgame at three hours. And so they were trying to pack a lot in into an hour and a half. And I don't know if there was a COVID thing that maybe had they had to cut production short on it because I know it had been delayed for a while, but there was mm-hmm. a whole lot going on there. Obviously they teased who we think's gonna be Toxin, um, from Mulligan getting infected and showing his eyes being blue. That's that's the thought is that it's gonna oh. be the character of Toxin uh, later on. Yeah. Uh, which if I remember correctly, McGuire was telling me a little bit about it, um, because we, we went and saw it together. Toxin in the comics is more of a uh, anti-hero so like he kind of struggles a, a lot the same way that Venom does mm-hmm. uh, in the movie with being good and being bad um, because of uh, of course Mulligan's past as as a police officer and basically he goes out and you know gets criminals and bad guys but then eats them sometimes I guess to satiate his his desire to have that um, but, but I thought there could have been a little bit more than that uh, with that uh, if it had been a two-hour movie. I also thought the Shriek character for being a mutant, um, actually said mutant uh, in the movie. Uh, I felt like there could have been more with her. Her character seemed very flat, very very one-dimensional. Very uh, one-dimensional. As, far as, as One, far as what they brought with her. 100% agree with that. I like that they did have some development with Cassidy where they were trying to, I don't want to say justify, but maybe explain the way he turned out was because of the abuse that he had faced from his mother, his father, and his grandmother, and that's why he, you know, killed them. Um, I thought that that was good, but I thought that was more of a, again, we need to develop that over time type of thing. Like, that's a lot, again, to unpack in just an hour and a half movie when you've got the whole uh, Venom and Eddie relationship going on, and then you've got Eddie and his relationship with, um, Michelle's character. I need to look that up because that's driving me nuts. Uh, Anne, <laughs> Anne's character, and then there was the the connection between Shriek and Mulligan. There's just there's a lot of stuff going on. Like I said, for an hour and a half to try to try to put it all in there and do a good job with it. Sure, sure, I agree with that. Um, and I, I, I I'm glad you brought up the suicidal scene because yeah, that you're right. That was good and deep. And again, Tom Hardy's a great actor, so I think he actually can play things pretty well. Uh, even in a kind of silly, campy movie like this. So, um, yeah, agreed with that. So, anyway, um, you know, there was some, some comedy with uh, with Venom skipping, be- going between bodies, not at all caring that he killed the host when he was doing that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, going between, and then he's at the party, which they've shown on the previews, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, people don't freak out, which is crazy, because they all think it's a costume. I'm like, right. If that was a costume, holy shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like a Adam Savage level uh, cosplay. It, it, yeah, like I'd have a million questions and nobody seemed to care. <laughs> it was like, oh, cool, you you look like this. Like, yeah, sure I do, whatever. Um, anyway, but of course Eddie's going through whatever he's going through. Um, a lot of action. I would say you see this on the on the big screen just because there was a lot going on. Um, 
there was the uh, when Carnage becomes Carnage and kind of the jailbreak scene was pretty neat, I thought, with the action sequences as he went through basically the prison and got rid of everybody except the prisoners. That's the yeah. one I said if it would have been R-rated, I think would have been a lot gorier and oh, probably yeah. a lot more action-packed and would probably drag that out a little bit more because there's all kinds of stuff that they could have shown him doing, yeah, killing people. What drove me nuts about that scene, though, is that all of a sudden... Cassidy and Carnage work together to do so well. Like I, I don't feel like that. I don't feel. I, I don't remember the first one, but I mean, there, there has to be at least some, you know, learning curve, if you will, on how to interact with each other and take each. You know, it was just like, okay, here we go. It's I'm just back out right now. the gate. Yeah, yeah. unless yeah. it was like, I don't know, unless it was mainly Carnage kind of running things or something when he came out. But mm-hmm. then again, it's like he just came from. The host from Venom through the bite. I, I don't know, but like I said, you know, you artistic license at its best, right there. Just to say, <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as he, you know, gets created, boom, out the gate, just destroying a prison and, and breaking free, and then knowing already he's going for his the love of his life and going to get her. That and that's another relationship that we didn't talk about. That was, I think, developed but not well developed. The, the relationship between Cassidy and, and Shriek's character and mm-hmm. showing that she was the one that kind of saved him uh, when he was first sent to the home for wayward children. I can't remember it exactly something like what that, was yeah. it called. It was an orphanage, basically. Yeah. A and, shitty one. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, that was another relationship that I think could have been better developed. It's almost like this would have been better if there was a third one that was going to still carry on the carnage thing. Like, in other words, there wouldn't have been necessarily a resolution at the end of this one, mm-hmm. and he would have gotten away. That way they could have spent some more of that time kind of developing that. But, again, there's so much more. It's like, this Venom deal is like, it's its own thing. Like, we talk about the MCU, and then we talk about the Spider-Verse um, as something kind of a separate entity because of the uh, deal with Sony. Well, the the Venom deal is like something separate from that too, right. or originally was. Uh, then they were referring to it at the, as the Venom verse. I don't know if we're ready to get into the mid credit scene yet, but um, yeah. So it's very interesting because they were talking about how um, oh, what's the Jared Leto one coming out? Morbius? Oh, Morbius. Yeah, Mo- Mobius. Morbius. Mo- I can almost see. It. I need glasses. Yeah, Morbius. It's Morbius. Morbius. Yeah. Yeah, so it's supposed to be connected to that. Uh, the Venomverse is, uh, and and there's obviously going to be a Venom 3, so it's going to be interesting um, yeah. see where they kind of go with this from yeah. here, especially if they're going to start connecting it to other things. You're getting ahead of yourself, though. Slow I down. know, I know. That. Slow down. Just a little tease for, so, the, for the listeners. Um, one thing that drives me, I, I'm going I'm to critique this movie the hell out of it, I guess. So, one, so anyway, Carnage slash Cassidy is free. Um, Venom is on doing his own thing while Brock's doing his own thing right now, okay? Whatever. Um, Brock's doing his own investigating and figures out a relationship between um, Francis and between Cassidy. And he calls Mulligan, and Mulligan's like, oh, no, I killed her. She's dead. I'm like, dude, what kind of cop are you? (laughs) (laughs) That he doesn't know that she's not dead? I'm like, what the hell? Like, I understand she was taken to a place but you were in on that how did you not like what what happened to you you didn't get knocked out you didn't lose consciousness you shot her and then that's the end of the scene well they did say that and again i think it's just like five more seconds of a scene showing him knocked out and somebody coming up and capturing her could have explained that part that you're saying is kind of right. a plot hole because he did say in the movie that she was at a place that he didn't even know existed until that day so I guess that was kind of their way of explaining it with just like a little one-off line yeah, that he said. Catch it, but, yeah, that's what he said. He said she was at a place that I didn't even know existed before today. <laughs> you can make the movie move now two-hour movies and two hours, and we could have gotten a little more of this in my opinion. Yeah, like I said, another thirty minutes would have actually been beneficial to the right. A lot of the loose threads and a lot of these that you're calling plot holes, they could have kind of filled in with. A 30-minute would have definitely taken care of a lot of this stuff. Yes, agreed. Uh, another thing that I didn't... Again, I, I talked about how Carnage and, and Cassidy just all of a sudden got along and everything worked fine. There's the part when Cassidy's free and he's in just this... He stole from the costume party this horrible outfit. And Woody Harrelson's hair looked like shit. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was just <laughs> bad. And what sucks is, if I remember right, at the end credit scene of the first Venom movie, he had the big red curly hair. Yeah, he did. And that's what Cassidy had in the comic book. It's like, why'd they yeah. get rid of that? I don't anyway, know. 
anyway, so anyway, he 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 stole he sells this car, which of course all of a sudden Carnage knows how to use the keyhole and open it and get the car going and everything's fine. He pulls into this gas station, kills this dude as Cassidy, not as Carnage, and then uses Carnage to plug his finger into the US or the um, Cat Five cable and get on the internet. And get through all the top secret files to yes. figure out where Francis is. That one was a stretch. I could deal with the um, Jack in the car and figuring out how to hotwire it or whatever and getting the car started. But then mm-hmm. when he plugged into the the computer and the internet and then turned into like Hacker Man right. and got all up into these records and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, this is a bit of a stretch. Like that's another thing that I think you could have added another five minutes of screen time and had him somehow go find somebody that he could have, I don't know, like manipulated into getting in that already had the password, like somebody within the mm-hmm. police system or something. It just seemed like a really quick way of getting them from point B to point C. Oh, yeah. And it just seemed lazy. Well, I'm, and it, I'm with you. And they could have used, they could have used a lot of different methods, but you know, I know he's like, oh, she's alive. It's like, well, you kind of knew they were taking her somewhere. She's the love of your life, so you know something. I feel like you could have just even done, I know she was taken around here. I can go find her. You know, something like that. But it was like, come on, man. <laughs> what is this, Akira? Are we turning into a, an anime over here? What is this? So anyway, that kind of bugged me. But anyway, he finds Francis, and then there's a really cool scene when he goes and breaks her out of the, I don't want to say even mental asylum. It's like, um, It's like in Deadpool 2. When they have like the orphanage for mutants that they then you know try to make unmutant, it was kind of like mm. that is how I felt. So anyway, trying to trying to go, get through, and he busts through and breaks her out of there and has no problems. But you know, cool scene where he's all tied up and using cars and ripping them up and everything else. So, um, but then th- what happens then is we learn that you know, or I guess we should have been reminded that the loud noises really affect these symbiotes. And you know, uh, that's only that's like the first time that happens. Even though I think anybody who has watched any movie ever realizes that was going to become a huge plot point, especially with a woman named Shriek, <laughs> you know, yelling, going to make a big part of that. So mm-hmm. anyway, so that all happens, and that's when Mulligan gets back involved. And what I loved about these two is every police officer in this whole movie comes out guns blazing, despite the fact that they know guns don't work. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you know what? Your gun's going to make the difference. <laughs> Your little, And it's always pistols. They didn't have anything great in most of the movie, so whatever. They came out and did that. So, um, again, as Joey's mentioned, this has only been an hour and a half, so they kind of moved quickly. They went and stole that, and then they're like, we're going to have a wedding, just out of the blue. You know, nobody talked about it. Like, we're going to have a wedding. So everyone goes, and we got only have three guests. We each get to pick one, and I'm picking the cop that did this to my eye, and I'm picking the guy who almost got me killed, and I'm ca- I'm getting my daddy or my father, as Carnage keeps calling Venom, which, uh, whatever. So they all go out and try to find it, and, of course, that's when uh, Anne and her husband, the doctor, get involved, and all of a sudden Venom's coming back to Mrs. Mrs. Cho. Is that her name? Uh, Chin. Chin, excuse me. And, um, you know, and, and isn't with her because he needs the chocolate for his brain work, which, was that ever addressed in the first one that he needed either brains or chocolate? I don't, I don't remember that out of and, the first and, one. And that's the weirdest thing, that the thing he needs for nutrition is either in brains or chocolate. Right. <laughs> it's like, what is that? You, exactly? you could become a zombie or a fat ass. It's your choice. So I, I uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of like, when the hell did that come up? But okay, and th- there's a whole thing about raising chickens and how he doesn't like. Anyway, it's stupid. Sunny and Cher, yeah, Shout Sunny, out to and, Sunny Cher. and Cher, the yeah, that's chickens. right. I mean, it reminded me of Friends when they used to have the pet pet uh, animals. So regardless, the rhesus monkey. They had, well, they had yeah, they had Marcel Maurice, and then they had uh, Marcel. Um, yeah, sorry. Then they have a they had a duck. I think they did have a duck. I think okay, Joey that, and Chandler had a bu- had a duck. Anyway, we're getting we're getting way way back there. So all this happens, and they're going to get married at this church, and they find this father, which is just out of the blue. There's yeah, another there. random, yeah. Yeah, here he is. Oh, okay. Like, like they, these people who have caused all this harm and carnage need an official officiant there to get them married because they couldn't yeah. do it themselves. Yeah. Go figure. Got that license real quick, apparently. Or <laughs> found him. They're like, you, come here. <laughs> you're, you're doing this because you have nothing else to do. Anyway, it was dumb. But anyway, they get that. Um, they've kidnapped Anne, so Anne is now there, so that's how they get rock and venom there uh and they also kidnapped mulligan um who's or i should say venom's kid no excuse me carnage has kidnapped mulligan as a gift for shriek Mm -hmm. shriek shriek i'm saying that right shriek Shriek. 
okay, fine, whatever. And basically, from that point on, chaos ensues. <laughs> that's, I that's, like when he goes back, he's like, oh, it's a red one. Like, he doesn't want any part of it when he sees that it's a red one. Well, I, I, I guess the re- I, I didn't know the red ones were, were something different, and they never really even elaborated on what makes a red one so vicious. You know what I mean? Um, I wish they would have. I thought the first, I thought last one, and last one's name was Riot. I did see that was a red one too, but I could be wrong. But yeah, it was like I wish that you know they could three minutes. Oh, what's better, red one? Oh, red ones are made of blood, and they're I don't know whatever the case is. It would have been a nice to have a little explanation of why that's a big deal. But it wouldn't have been as funny though if they would have explained it away. I think I think point. we just have to go with the fact that he knows what he's talking about since he's since he's one of the species, and right. so we're like, oh, oh, a red one's really bad. So right. you know what's it? And then he showed how it's really. There was the comment he said. uh I'm trying to think of the exact line, but they started charging away, and he said something about um, it's time to die or ready to die or something like that. And Eddie thought he was talking about Carnage. He's like, "Oh no, us! Like we're gonna oh, yeah, die." Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, what's funny is I don't know how they necessarily would, because you know, there's this whole this fighting, and I mean, they're they're stabbing and ripping each other up and everything else, and everybody's okay. Like nobody's. You know, they they can regenerate, basically. Yeah, he made the comment earlier about healing Eddie, and I think it was around the same time as the motorcycle ride, and he was mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, healing his heart was going to be a little bit harder or something like that, just because right. his heart was broken over Anne or whatever. Right. So, obviously, they do have some, some healing abilities, I guess, as long as they're... I, I would think that maybe if they were in the human form, maybe it would be a little bit more difficult for the healing, but I guess when they're in the... I guess more the symbiote form or his venom form. I guess mm-hmm. maybe it's a little bit easier to heal, but he was definitely getting his butt whooped there. He for was, a long but while. yeah, but they, but and I mean, this is this is almost every superhero movie yes. ever that they didn't really ever seem like them fighting would ever end up with somebody being a winner or loser. You know what I mean? Him just being buried underneath the bricks and and acting at first like he couldn't do anything because he was buried underneath it, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, I can go. Right. <laughs> Again, kind of some of the weak writing that we talked about earlier. Yes. yes. And I mean, I'm, I, I again, love Tom Hardy. I hate to see him a victim of this. But yes, it's a little... Anyway, so there's this huge fight scene, and it, don't get me wrong, it is entertaining. And then, of course, Anne's uh, fiancé shows up and tries to light him on fire. And, and of course, as expected, the sound starts becoming a major factor. Um, there's church bells, which who would have thought there were church bells in a church yeah. that would ring? You know? Might want to stay away from that if you're well, sensitive to loud noises. <laughs> and what else cracked me up is every time it rang, it was like a minute and a half between each ring. Yeah. Like, that is the <laughs> slowest bell ring I've ever heard in my life. Like, how is that physically it's like possible? This, it's like the scene in Fast and the Furious where the uh, plane's skidding down the runway for like three hours. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's just... Like, it'd go bing, and then you'd wait, and there'd be all this fighting and everything else. And I mean, by now, it should have happened, right? Especially if it's, like, midnight or whatever time it is. And then, bing, it's like, oh, finally. <laughs> so, it was a little ridiculous, the time between. Um, unless some, I, I don't know. It was just kind of ridiculous. But anyway, so that all becomes a thing. Um, you know, um, what happens is Venom, or excuse me, Carnage and Cassidy are upset because Carnage gets pissed about Shriek constantly, or Shriek's yelling because obviously he can't handle it. And Woody Harrelson is, or excuse me, Cassidy is just crazy about Sheik. So they're fighting, and they kind of show the internal fight between having two heads, and that's when they strike, they find their weakness and, and make it happen. And in the end, the way Carnage is defeated, after all these beating and stabbings and falling and whatever else, is they become separate because of the sound, and Venom eats it. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, that's what, I mean, was that the plan? I, what was the plan here? Yep. Um, apparently that was the plan to reabsorb it and that's what he did and he's like it tasted awful which to Joy's point was part of the humor and made me chuckle I'm not gonna lie um, and it was disgusting to watch him eat basically a blob of whatever it was nuts anyway still entertaining it was fun to watch uh, in that part but in the end of course um, Brock and uh, Venom basically are on the run as I didn't mention earlier they were questioning Brock because of his, uh, you know, involved. Mulligan would he keeps not showing leave- up at the wrong places, right? And Mulligan keeps asking him questions, and he actually doesn't know anything. And Mulligan just keeps, frame- you know, assuming he does. So they keep fighting, and he's locked in there. And you know, then Anne just walks in. I mean, she walks out and walks in literally while he's sitting in the same room because I'm sure is how it works. After getting Venom from Mrs. Cho, Venom then breaks them out while um, 
using Anne as the host, which was interesting to see her. Because yeah. that happened in the first one, too. So it was interesting to see. I, I don't want to say female Venom, but the Venom form over a female and how that apparently matters. Because it didn't matter throughout the rest of the movie, but it mattered for Anne for some reason. Because I think he, he took over one or two women at the costume party. Well, he did take over Mrs. Chan, and, and you could just see the eyes, that right. part of it. The, right, which... The full Venom. Which was in... <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so that happens. Um, but, you know, they, they, so they're on the run because now Eddie is a, is a fugitive, and, and Venom's always been on the run. So they end up... They end the movie where they're basically on an island because at one point Venom mentioned he wanted to feel the wind in his hair, which he doesn't have. And the sand in his toes. And the sand in his toes. And they do show that it's Brock sitting there, but Venom's feet and Venom's mm-hmm. feet are in the sand. So good point. And that's that's how the movie ends. So before we get to the end credit scene, do you have a, ra- a rating at all for this, Joey? Like on a scale of what one to not that horrible? I mean, where are we uh, are we putting this with the Marvel movies and trying to rank just it amongst a, no, them? No, no, by itself as a movie, out of five stars, out of let's say out of what? ten, one out of ten, out of one ten being the worst, stars. ten being the, ten being I don't know, I don't think there's a ten movie, but one take being uh, Geely. Uh, ten? You mean ten being a Shawshank Redemption or sure. a Matrix? Yep. Yes. Well, uh. well, one is Geely. <laughs> Or uh, the prequel to Chainsaw Massacre, one of the whatever. Here's the thing: when I when I rate movies like that, I, I have to take into consideration what type of movie it is. Sure. Like I'm not going to say this is up there with like the best movies ever. Uh, I'm going to compare it with other comic book movies. So if I'm comparing it, in, you know, in in that spectrum with you know one being maybe you know one of the awful batman movies or something and 10 maybe being the dark knight or logan or endgame or something like that mm-hmm. um i'd put it probably somewhere around a seven really okay. or so yeah the, the humor helped me out um with i just i just love that part of it uh and to be honest with you no mid-credit scene probably a five okay in credit scene boosted it automatically to a seven for me that's why i don't want to talk about it yet because yeah I, I i agree with that at all <laughs> and the, it's, it's a good thing that big. happened at the end not the beginning so um i'm gonna say without the end credit scene i'm at about a five and a half there were some funny parts if i was hypothetically flipping through the tv and it was on i'd consider watching it i don't have any real plans to go back and watch it again it's kind of yeah. thinking about it I think the only way I would rewatch it is in connection with oh okay Venom three came out or watching mm. it with another Marvel movie in connection with it or something like that. But it's not something like I was just talking to Kaylee the other day. I said as soon as Shang Chi hits Disney Plus, we're rewatching it. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> to me, it just doesn't have that rewatchability to it that a lot of yes, I see the the uh, <laughs> collector my core shirt. yes collector core t-shirt. I love this shirt. The color came out great. Anyway, it is this yes the. The color is very nice on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it doesn't have a lot of rewatchability to me. Uh, I think the only way, again, I would do that as part of like a marathon. Like if I was in a, all of a sudden one day watch all the Venom movies. Like once the third That'd one be cool. Watch something. the first two before the third one. I could be into that. But, but otherwise, it's not yeah. one that I would just pick up and be like, oh, no. I want to watch Venom 2 again. Yeah, no. And I, I will share my description I shared earlier that I feel like, and Joey mentioned this, it's one of the later Fox superhero movies. So think um, Apocalypse... Or Dark Phoenix. Um, I'm trying to think if anything else really, but one of those meeting one of these better now, not good, but better Saw sequels. The, I, I mean, the first Saw is a great movie. The sequels are are there. Um, some of them are better than others, I'd probably say, but some of them are just trash. But better ones. So, um, and maybe that's the reason for the release coming in October because it does kind of have a horror movie it feel does. to it. It does. Um, and maybe I mean they should probably play that up a little more to be honest. Because you know it's always at night when this stuff's happening, and there's gruesome monsters, and there's, um, you know, et cetera and so forth. So thirty minutes and an R rating would have done wonders for this movie. I think so too. I, I think, think you do both those, and I think you're talking about a eight. I wonder. I wonder if the success of Suicide Squad will influence later decisions or end Venom Three. To where there might be like, oh yeah, we can do a R. Yeah, like R ratings work. It. it James Gunn yeah. and his yeah. I mean, they showed they kind of could get away with that. And I think it's not something that you can do constantly if that's what you're doing is putting out comic book. Like okay, so Marvel's been putting out what three a year 
Um, yeah. Or that's the, kind of the, the trend is going to be three year. Sure. I, I don't think you can afford to have all three of those be R rated. I think you can once every blue moon have an R rated, like a Deadpool. I was going to say a Deadpool. Okay. Would be perfect for that. Or, okay. Or Venom um, is, is a perfect one that, that should be or could be an R, I guess. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, I, I, I know Joey's chomping at a bit. Yes! Let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the end credit scene. Ah, uh, um, yes, I want to say. Good. Okay. So, we find Eddie and Venom back in their shanty, their hut, uh, from the beach that they were in earlier at the end of the movie. And they are watching a, looks like a telenovela maybe, uh, or some kind of uh, <laughs> Spanish language uh, show or movie that they're watching. Anyway, uh, they start talking about all the crazy stuff that uh, Venom has seen over his life. And he starts alluding to seeing stuff in other universes. And he's like, oh yeah, I can, uh, I can show you some of this, but I don't think your mind can handle it. And he's like, oh yeah, I can handle it. He's like, okay, I'm going to show you just a little bit of it. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's like they change where they are. Like, they're not in that same hut anymore. And he's like, did you do that? And Venom's like, I didn't do that. And they all of a sudden see on the TV the same scene that we saw at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. I'm trying to think if that's yes. the right one. Yep, because the first and one's so homecoming. Yeah, so it's J. Jonah Jameson talking about how Peter Parker has been outed as Spider-Man. And Venom goes up to the TV and touches it and then like licks the screen where Peter Parker is. So the, just so the implications of what's going on. Because obviously there's a lot of technical legal issues that are going on between um the spider-man being owned by sony and kind of being leased out i guess for lack of a better term to marvel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then venom's really wasn't part of the spider-verse like we talked about it was like a separate venom verse that was going on so now you've taken all three of these parts and you've put them together basically because you've put together the spider-man movie that was connected to the marvel movie and now you've put it with venom so there is a connection now between all three of these so you know the next question is where does where does venom next appear is he going to play a role in um no way home is that the one that's coming out in december Mm -hmm. so is he going to play a part in that are they just setting him up to maybe be in a fourth spider-man movie are they setting it up for spider-man to be in um the third venom movie so there's there's a lot (laughs) of all of it right there's a lot of moving parts here and it just opens up pandora's box for all the possibilities that could come out of this and you know it was it was interesting before we got to the movie mcguire made the comment he's like have you heard about the mid-credit scene i was like i've heard there is one and i heard it's pretty phenomenal and he's like well the way i had it described to me was it's basically up there with the marvel scene where Thanos says okay I'm going to do it myself and grabs the the gauntlet he said it's it's kind of that impactful and where I I don't know if I would necessarily put that on it just yet because I think it kind of depends on how all this ends up playing out agreed yes over the next few movies it it was it was huge it was a huge Marvel-esque mid-credit scene bombshell just to be dropped that you're about to connect all this stuff and obviously the illusion is they're going to be connected through the multiverse right so like the venom that that we know and we've been watching has been on a different earth a different timeline a different universe however you want to call it and now through possibly what he was doing or possibly some of the actions that we've seen subsequently over the last year um with wanda and with loki and sylvie and all that kind of stuff so it could have been just coincidence that it happened at the same time we really weren't explained where whether venom accidentally did it or was it something else going on that did this i think it would have a lot to do with the the timeline of when those people were doing those things as opposed to when that news report was airing from jane jonah jameson that that's that's something that i don't quite have grasp on and it might not be something that's really been told but anyway so that's that's huge that they're going to all of a sudden cross over using that multiverse aspect say okay now he is in the the timeline of the marvel or the universe of the marvel that we've been watching and he's being brought into that somehow because it's not like they showed him 
flashback, right? They showed the guy's hotel room that they were accidentally in in that universe. They showed him come out. So it's not like it was just... And that would have been different. Like, if they would have just showed a flash and, like, when he licked the TV, if after that would have happened, it would have went back to the old room, then Mm -hmm. I'd say, okay, maybe it doesn't have as big of an implication. But the fact that they left him there Mm -hmm. and didn't say this was just a brief thing, because it's like, okay, he has no way of that we know of going back to their universe. So it's almost like he is now stuck in that universe that we know with Peter Parker and Iron Man and Dr. Strange and all that stuff that's going on right now in the MCU. So that's very interesting to me that they didn't just show it as a flash. It was something that happened and it stayed. It didn't go back like it was a temporary thing. So that's, yeah. that's very, very interesting to me that and they I, did it that way. And I think, yeah, you brought it. You, you, first of all, you explained it very well. And yeah, I, I think, People going into this are going to analyze the hell out of it for, you know, however long. So I'm glad we both got in this movie before yes. it all gets spoiled. But I think the real thing to take away is that Venom and this Venom and Tom Hardy's Brock are going to be involved in the MCU and somehow going forward. I don't know. I mean, it might just be a cameo. You know, they just show up instantly and leave or something in No Way Home or it could be more significant. We don't know. No Way Home has gotten the best press or not even the best press the best fanboy reactions because everybody thinks something else is going to happen in that movie despite them saying nothing specific right um, except for of course doc ock returning but everything else is speculation and well it, they've confirmed electro is going to be in it they confirmed right. the green goblin with the the laugh and the little grenade oh, agreed. thing oh, agreed but they haven't said who's going to play him or what involvement they are or even how it all links together you know what i mean right. like but there I mean, is they, a lot of speculation coming right. out of this movie how probably many, how many Spider Men are going to be in it? Who's going to be playing those Spider Men? Exactly. All that jazz, so. Is Daredevil going to be in it? Yeah. You know, there's all that little side stuff. I don't know if there's been this much speculation since Endgame, trying to figure out what was going to happen once Endgame came back around. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, like you're saying, it's just left and right. It's like, you know, are the other Spider Mans going to come into play? You know, the right. ones you know from the other movies played by Andrew Garfield and um, um, Tobey Maguire. Uh, you know, is Daredevil going to be in it? Uh, you know, what villains? Is this going to be the vehicle for the Sinister Six? Because you're you're already bringing, you've already had Mysterio, you're saying Electro's coming back, Doc Ock, you've confirmed Vulture's going to be there, there's rumor that Sandman's in it from that one scene, you know, Craven's really the only one that has not kind of been teased or talked about that I'm aware of, and maybe there was some um, kind of hint there's also that Scorp- I missed. Scorpion could also be in there, because he's and, also and in it, the Yeah, show. it might not be the, the original Sinister right. Six. And then there's the whole question of what is Venom's role going to be in there? Because in the original comics, obviously, he started off as just a pure bad guy. And mm-hmm. that's how he was portrayed in the original Spider-Man movie with the Topher Grace right. um, portrayal of it. <laughs> you laugh every time I say Topher Because Grace Topher Grace is not Brock. <laughs> like He's this puny um, weakling, and they made him Venom. It's like... But, you know, they made the... It, it was played up as a joke in the carnage movie where he said that they were going to be called uh le- the lethal protector mm-hmm. um but that's the actual comic series arc um that took him from villain to kind of anti-hero which is kind of how i described toxin earlier mm-hmm. um which he never really was that to me um or at least for very little time he was like a, a true villain from the first venom movie he's always kind of just been that anti-hero over mm-hmm. these two movies so sure. i'm wondering how that's going to play up whenever hopefully they do cross them up is he going to like because it was like there was something there it was like you know did he remember something from being in this universe before as maybe being or maybe one of the other universes like the one with um Topher Grace in it you know like like what's that connection how are they going to retcon that how are they going to deal with that is yeah. he going to come in as a as you know a villain to to this version of Spider-Man that we know whereas maybe he didn't know him that there's so much at play here so much right. stuff to to figure out and all of it is speculation right now well and even even the him licking the TV when Peter Parker was on like they don't ever really explain that is he doing it cuz he thinks he's a bad guy he's going to eat you know he can eat him and do he take care of that does he does he like Peter Parker think he looks delicious i don't know so It'll be interesting to see, like you said. And there's so much, there's going to be just more speculation. There's going to be so much talk between now and No Way Home comes out in December. Yes. So, I mean, we got two months of this, so strap in and be ready is basically the story. So, a long time to figure out what's going on. I mean, we still have Eternals in between these two for the MCU, so. And I don't know how much speculative stuff we're going to get out of 
Eternals. No. I think, it's, I think most of it's probably going to be kind of cut and dry mm-hmm. uh, with them. They may be the ones to kind of introduce who the next big bad's going to be because, honestly, we haven't had that yet. Right. Phase 4 started a while back, mm-hmm. and we have not really... I mean, yes, they have kind of teased that it could be Kang, the Conqueror from Loki, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't know that for sure. Right. It, it's not like we've seen anything else to say yes he's going to be the big bad guy he could be right um but we don't know that for sure yet it's right. not like the thanos thing where they they were constantly teasing it over and over and sure. over again we haven't had that yet i think eternals will have i, I think that it, i in, in, and we say i think we say this every episode even if we're not talking about marvel in feige we trust yes and um the other thing is you know at the end there's so much potential with an end credit scene with that movie already like there wasn't that, that that's i think one reason this end credit scene is so hyped up is because no one expected this like okay maybe you tease toxin or okay i mean i don't know all, even much of the venom verse and they do something like that but nobody expected an mcu tease while the eternals will have the pressure of already being an mcu movie that they have to keep move process going so we'll see like you said it'll be interesting to see what they do with it very interesting but Very interesting. but it, you know Good thing that was at the end to get people excited because uh, it needed it at the end of the movie. I mean, if I'm Joey's rating up like two or three points out of ten, <laughs> so it was a big deal. Point, in, in I'll give sense. it a point and a half. I'll, I'll say it took it from a five and a half to a seven. Okay, but I mean, still, it, that, that's significant. It did. Yeah. It did because of yeah. what and and look, it may be one of those things where two years from now we've seen the payoff from this and we go back and watch this movie again and we're like oh that's like an eight now you know because of what they do in the future with it but you know we'll see and again i think a lot of it's going to depend on the licensing and what they can do Mm -hmm. and what they can get away with i know there's some more uh legal stuff in the courts right now with the estate of i'm trying to think of who it is with spider-man that's done come up. It was it Ditko? I don't remember to be honest. So I can't I, remember. I, we were talking about it the other day, and so anyway, so there could be some stuff changing. You know, uh, yeah. Disney could throw the right amount of dollars at the estate of the family, and all of a sudden they have full rights and credit to use Spider Man and all the characters that revolve around Spider Man at at their disposal. They could come up with a Disney Plus series with Spider Man and and the Sinister Six. So you, you never know what's gonna. You know what the future is going to bring? This money talks, and money that's for sure. talks and loudly. Disney has yeah. a lot of it. Well, and I mean, if Mar, I mean, Sony's smart. I'll give him credit for you know letting Spider-Man come in because I'm sure they've made a ton of money off of it. Because as far as I understand it, they're not really all they're doing is saying you can use it, and then Disney and then Marvel does everything else, makes the movie, and then sells the movie, and uh, you know licenses everything and transfer it like does everything, and then they're like Sony's like okay, we'll take our money now. Yep. So I mean, good on them. I, I uh, Marvel screwed up and they're paying for it now, unfortunately. But luckily, they've said, "If you give us enough money, we'll do this." And luckily, Disney's like, "Okay, hold on, well, we'll make some more. Hold on." It'll be very interesting what the Ditko estate does, and it was Ditko. Um, I Ditko. just confirmed that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's his brother or his nephew, I think, or maybe both of them that are kind of doing the legal proceedings. Uh, for the on behalf of the family, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how that possibly changes the relationship between Sony and Marvel with all the Spider Man and and Ditko type characters that, that sure. he he came up with. Sure. So we Very shall good. see. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm ex- I'm excited either way. So um, I think that pretty much puts a nice little bow on our uh, Venom it's episode. A bow. Yes. As I, I wish I could do the Venom voice. Put him in a nice little bow or something. No, I don't know. Time to try, uh, but it was it was it wasn't it, you know it's nice to be back in the movies and this is a nice movie to go see kind of in between before some of the other bigger stuff that really has been hyped up for two years now comes out. Um, I'm thinking stuff like Dune or 007 mm-hmm. or Eternals. You know, um, there's a lot coming out. So back to the movies and this is a good one and other people are in it. So um, unless there's anything else, I think I'll wrap this episode up. Thank you for everyone for um, joining us. Of course, follow us at the underscore dorksman basically anywhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. This Tuesday, I will be putting out a poll actually before we stream with the uh, options to play as we're either going to play, excuse me, Mario Party or we will play Mario Golf. So whatever you guys want to see and or join Four. us playing. Exactly. I'm the best. We'll do that. 
And then, uh, yeah, that's, I think, all the announcements we really have going on right now. It's, you know, people are getting ready for Halloween and this, this spooky season. We're going to let them do that because it's fun. We talked about that at the beginning. Spooky anyway, season. Uh, crossstreamsmedia.com is where you can find so many amazing podcasts, including ourselves, our friends, the STS guys are on there. I mentioned the Toy Rewind, Three Beers and a Mic. There's a lot there, and they're even growing further. So please, please, please check them out. There's some great stuff, and there's something for everybody there. Uh, and the website looks phenomenal. It's really cool. And we have a lot of fun links. We can still buy pens and you can buy swag. We still need to get a new shirt up there. But there's stuff up there you can definitely get if you're interested and want to support us. So there's that. And I think that is it. So, uh, Joey, I think it's time for our adieu. So with that said. That's word. my secret. I'm always hungry. <laughs> word, homies. This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.